Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our website at freedomlifeag.com. Welcome to Freedom. There happens to be a true story that I found out about a man by the name of Harrison Okene. And Harrison Okene uh, was a young, happy, gainfully employed cook. He actually, there's a picture of him there. Uh, He was from Nigeria and he was serving on a tugboat. He also was about to get married in a few days and all he had to do was just do one last mission, right? There's always one last mission before he got married. Well, on the early morning of May 26, 2013, Okane had just gotten up and had went to the restroom. Suddenly his ship was hit by what often would be referred to as a sudden ocean swell. The tugboat he was in actually shortly thereafter capsized and began to plummet in the sea. He landed about a hundred feet below the surface with him and, and many of the passengers and crewmen still in it. Trapped in the dark abyss with nowhere else, no one else in sight, wearing only his boxes, Okane himself waded through the ship's corridors. That, those corridors begin to fill with icy water. He managed to locate a source of light, a drink, and a few tools. He made it to a safe corner where there was an air pocket where he could try to find a way to survive. Okane ended up in a bunker uh, area, a four-foot air pocket, a four-foot air pocket under the surface, holding back the water as best he could by stacking mattresses as the cold water had begun to rise. To make it worse, he could hear sharks and barracudas soon roaming the ship's interior, searching for a meal. He could hear them fighting for the remains of his shipmates. He had no food. He had only a bit of a drink. The salt water, and the bumps, and the scrapes from the, from the ship and, the, and, and what he had just in, uh, went through was in, enveloping him. There was too little air for him to breathe. And he was ruining it with every breath that he took. That would be the last of it. He could only last a few hours, right? Except he did survive longer than that. He managed to stay alive for 62 hours. When the company had found out, they quickly, as quickly as they could, got around to sending a recovery team. They had understandably been assuming that everyone was dead at this point. Okane gave a diver the shock of a lifetime. The divers at one point found the ship about 100 feet below the surface. Harrison heard human sounds and at that point, he began to hit the wall with one of his tools. He actually found a hammer he had in his possession and began to pound on the wall as hard as he could. After the divers had rescued him and, and decompressed the chamber, Okane emerged back to dry land, so to speak. And the divers were absolutely amazed as to what this man had went through. It's said that at that depth, 
a diver could, an experienced diver could only last about 20 minutes. Okene, who was not an experienced diver, merely a cook, lasted 62 hours. Against all odds, Okene hung in there to do what experienced divers only marveled at the possibility of doing. The conditions of being deep waters with large man-eating fish a hundred feet below the surface was definitely against all odds. And that's what I want to talk about this morning with you. Impossible odds set the stage for an amazing miracle in our lives. There are some of you in this room. I want you to look at me for a moment. And some of you in this room that have undergone some amazing odds. So amazing odds and, and, and your storyline is, is fit for a book. What you've went through in your life is, is fit for uh, the cover of a, of a book that says, man, this person has went through some serious things. Today I want to talk about learning how to live through the insurmountable obstacles, mounting challenges that help see the blessing of God in your life. Now allow me for a moment. To throw this idea. I want you to overcome the notion for a moment. That you must be regular like everyone else. Because that my friends look at me. Will rob you of the chance to be extraordinary. You were created to beat the odds. You were created with this insatiable idea. That somehow you could make it. Some of you have been through it. With every, every bit of light, can we not get a, just, can we get, just get a little more light up here? I want you to, I want to see every face because I need you to see me and hear what I'm saying to you here this morning. Every person at the sound of my voice needs to understand that you can fight and claw your way. Even if it means I have no idea where I'm going. As long as it's in the direction of God. We look at examples all through scripture. You follow me? We look at examples all through scripture of people that went through so much in their lives. And whether something has happened to you that you recently have went through, something happens to you or something that you must be obedient to, one way or another, you are built to go and against the odds make it. It's in your DNA. It's in your DNA. Not just your genetic spiritual code. It's built in you spiritually to fight. There are things that you went through that you never thought you could go through. But you've been through it. And I'm telling you right now. That God is able to keep our calling intact when we're obedient. You follow me? You see, many of us in our lives... Are like this image you see on your screen. You see a hard surface, but you, you got through it. You burst it through, and you're growing and you're soaring like nobody expected you to soar. There are some people that know you since you were little and never thought you would get there. There are some people that know you since you were younger and said, There's no way. This person is able to accomplish. And they, they're wrong. Because you were built for more. 
But you are also built to be a part of a body that will help you through that. So I want to share with you a few things. Grab your bulletin. Would you do this for a moment? Would you grab your bulletin if you have it on the, you should have got one on the way in. If you've gotten one on the way in, go ahead and grab that. There are pens at the end of your row. I want you to write this down right now. Write number one. Fear is normal. Fear is normal. Follow me now. When we realize that fear is normal, some of you are like, I am not writing this down. You want to write this down. Because I'm going to give you some things that are going to help your life. And I want you to take this with you. Fear is normal. It's easy to believe you have to overcome fear in order to obey God. It feels like scared obedience doesn't count. Like stories of our heroes, like they never felt fear. Can I tell you that that's not true at all? Can I just enlighten you for a moment that fear is normal? It's a human emotion. But it doesn't dictate your spiritual person. It's when you allow it to leak over and bleed over. Look at me for a moment. Fear is normal. To feel fear is human. The greatest acts of faith, the greatest courage, the greatest accomplishments that ordinary people made. They made them balancing fear and faith at the same time. Now listen. When failure feels like there's a very possibility that this is not easy to trust God. And you ever felt that way? I've been there many times. Launching this and launching that and launching the very church you're sitting in right now. Whether the building or the body. Fear has kept me up at night at times. But it hasn't kept me from following through. Nor should you. Nor should you stop what you're about to do because you have fear. Fear, let me, let me just take it right off your shoulders. Fear is normal. The Bible is filled with stories of people that had fear. People that felt fear. It counts when you're obedient in fear. It counts. We look at Moses who practically begged God, please send someone else. Not me. Not me. You ever, have you were ever asked to do something and you thought, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, you. You ever laughed at someone and then realized they were honestly asking you a serious question? You're like, <laughs> You're serious. Right? Been there, done that. I got three t-shirts. <laughs> We've all been there. You think there's, there has to be someone more qualified. And you know what? There's a good chance that there probably is. There's a good chance that there probably is someone better qualified, better fit, schooled in that area. They have a degree. That they paid multiple thousands of dollars for hanging on their wall that they're not even using. Sure, there's someone more qualified. But is there someone more willing? That's your responsibility. Your qualification is not your responsibility. Everybody take a deep breath. That was a close one. 
My qualification is not my responsibility. I am where I am today and I can't change that right now where I've been, but I can change where I'm going. Right? You are where you are because you are. That's profound. You might want to write that down. Y'all like, I, I can, but I still don't understand what you just said. You are where you are because you are. You've gotten here. You've gotten this far, right? You can't change your qualifications. But you can respond in obedience. Moses was not qualified in his eyes, right? Tell him I call him back. Elijah wasn't afraid of 400 prophets. But he was afraid of an angry woman. And like I said before, I'll say it again. I can't blame them entirely. Because I'd rather face 400 men than one angry woman. There's no rhyme or reason for, for fears sometimes. Some of us make up our fears. We're very creative, aren't we? God, you can't be talking to me. You can't be talking about me. You're possibly talking about someone else. Fear is normal. Mistake number one is thinking that somehow fear has to affect obedience. The truth is, obedience can be scary, and you can still feel fear. But your fear should not control you. If you don't have some doubts, then you're probably playing it too safe. That's, that's kind of my rule of thought. If I don't have some doubt or some fear, then I might be too safe. Because what, what, what might have happened is, I might have figured out all the angles and think I have everything lined up. And that is a dangerous place to be at. Can I be honest with you, church? It's dangerous when you have all the answers. That's why God keeps some of them from us. Because if we know too much, he's no longer in the equation. Is that helping anybody? It helped me. Good job, Tony. Jesus once used the example of a mustard seed to describe the kind of faith it takes to experience miracles. I don't think he was trying to quantify faith. I don't think he was trying to describe it. I don't think he was trying to um, break in prof some, make some profound statement. I think, I believe he was giving you permission to act even when fear feels like a tidal wave. We look at a mustard seed, and many of you know this, and some of you may not, but work with me. A mustard seed is very, very, very tiny. You look at a sunflower seed, you look at other seeds, and much larger, Yes? But mustard seeds are very small. I believe he was giving us permission to act when fear feels like a tidal wave and faith feels like small seed. I only have this much, so there's no way I can respond. God says, give me what you have. Small lunch by a kid feeds 5,000 plus. Small faith by a person, any person, large, small, male or female, doesn't matter. Tiny faith still moves mountains. Why? Because he's the mountain mover. We just have to believe he is. Are you getting this? 
Mustard seed moments are those small, seemingly insignificant acts of obedience that start as a domino effect to mighty miracles. If you could start somewhere, do something, get your foot in the door of obedience. Get your foot in the door. Some of you, you have to be tracked down to do something for God. Others of you, we have to track you down just because you're too busy working for God. Right? There's a very big line between the two. There's some of you that do so many things at freedom and some of you are still waiting to find your place. And I'm hoping at some point you begin to find where you fit in this piece. But I want you to know something. I can promise you that if you take a step, a small step, and obey what God said to do, that adrenaline will override the fear. Because here we go, God. I'm being obedient. There's nothing that will squash fear like adrenaline in God's direction. Something about it. There's something about faith, even if it's a little one, that does change us from the inside out. Whether it's a small, whether it's a small thing like sharing your faith, the coworker, or getting on a plane and traveling to a third world country, maybe getting on a, a bus or something to help in the efforts like something happening in Houston right now. One small act of obedience requires courage. God has given you that. When you want what God wants, but you're not sure if you can do it. You just need enough to get it started. That's all you need. That's what that mustard seed faith is. It's just enough to get started. Just enough to take that step. Have you ever done that? Have you ever taken a step where you said, I don't know all the answers, but I'm going to try. And when you do, all of a sudden, you're blown away of what has happened. You're blown away that against all odds, there's no way this could happen and Boom, it happens and you're like, how did that happen? You know how it happened? That first step was the domino effect. That first step helped you get there. And some of you, you don't see the dominoes. But you can see what you can do right now. And I'm telling you in this place, there's a room full of people that can make a domino effect happen. Zechariah 4.10 tells us this. And we're going to have it up on the screen. Zechariah 4.10 says something really simple, yet awesome. It says this, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Did you, you may look at that and go, okay. But, but wrap your mind around this, that the Lord rejoices when we do something obedient. When the work begins, because guess who is in charge and it's not me. Right? Don't say amen too loud now. The reality is, right, that it's not me, it's not anyone. It's God's kingdom, God's church, God's things. And we're just here trying to make the work happen. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. No matter what it is, the Lord rejoices. When God says do it, do it scared, but do it. Come on, you want to write that down. When God says do it, do it scared, but do it. Do it fearful, 
but do it. Don't underestimate the power of the insecurity that lies within you. The insecurity that lies within you, when partnered with faith, partners to be a great thing in the hand of God. Because your insecurity, coupled with God's faith, makes you better than you would be if you were secure, completely confident in your abilities and talents, completely confident in everything that you are, God says, you're too confident. There's no room for me. When you're too good at something, there's a possibility that somehow God will be missed in the picture. Can I get your attention for a moment? I want you to, I want you to look at me in the eyes and I want you to understand something. There's a fire within me this morning that causes me to tell you this. And here's a word for you. You ready? Against all odds should be your motto. In the last days as a church, our, our motto should always be that against all odds, God will supply. That against all odds, God will use me. That against all odds, I can because Christ is within me. Yeah? My goodness, if somebody gets this, fear is normal. Friends, use it as an ally instead of a liability. Number two, God knows my potential. Now, potential is a loaded word. Potential says, you have not, but you will. Or you have the chance to be. So I have trouble sometimes when I look at a child and I say, you have so much potential in you. While I know what that means, I also understand something that sometimes they would look at it and go, that means that someday I will. Listen, we're living in the last days and that someday could be today. The Spirit of God in us today can do a great thing. So I have, I have this feeling of when I tell someone, you have the potential to change the world. I have a problem with how sometimes people view that statement. So I'll try to be careful to explain. That doesn't mean that you can't do something today. You follow me? Because potential tells me, oh, so I can do whatever I want until that day. No. If you plan to be in ministry, plan now. If you're going to do something for God, do it now. Start working on it now. If you know that you're called to do something, sharpen your craft, sharpen your tool. Get the stuff lined up. One of the things that I'm, I love to do um, well is when I'm going away on a trip, if I'm asked to speak somewhere or something, um, the night before, I line everything up. It's almost like a bordering on OCD. It really is. When everybody's pretty much asleep, I bring my suitcase downstairs to the living room and I line my suitcase I line my, I, line, I line my watch, my wallet, my keys. I line them all up like strangely, strangely organized. And I, I put my shoes, my socks, my clothing. I put everything lined up in my, in, in my sofa, in my living room. Once everybody's asleep, uh, I get it and I line everything up so that when I wake up, my alarm goes off early. If I need to take a flight, because usually I have to get up way early in the morning. I just slide up out of bed and I leave the room so I don't wake my wife or anybody else upstairs. And I change and I do everything downstairs and everything's lined up when I come downstairs. Why? Because I don't want any surprises. I don't want any surprises. And so we like to line up everything. We like to know everything. And that, and that potential of me leaving something behind makes me, makes me nervous. And so I kind of cross all my T's and 
dot all my I's, so to speak. And, and sometimes we are all that way. We, we all want to make sure everything's lined up right. And when God says, I want you to do something like this, and you're like, okay, what's the next step? And he says, I'm not going to tell you yet. And you're like, that's not right. It can't be God. We look at Gideon, don't we? We look at Gideon was a man who experienced the thrill of and the fear of obeying God. He was an answer to prayer. God's people were starving at the hand of their enemies. And they, the Bible says that they cried out to the Lord. So God decided Gideon would be the answer. It's crazy to consider that your obedience could be the answer to someone's prayer. Have you ever thought about that? Because we kind of make obedience be about us all the time. Did you ever think that maybe your obedience is going to help bring somebody else to Jesus? Be a part of somebody else's miracle? We don't think that way all the times, do we? We kind of look at ourselves and we go, well, my obedience is for God's plan in my life. No, I'm sorry. I know that the world revolves around you, but maybe for a moment it doesn't. Possibly. And somehow, some way, your obedience brings somebody else a miracle. Is, that, is there a chance there? You see... Uh, it's crazy to consider that maybe, just maybe, God may be asking you to do a miraculous thing that in the surface it looks like one step of obedience, but it's somebody else's miracle. I want you to read something pretty amazing. Let's look at this for a moment. Judges 6.12, if we have that up on the screen. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Somebody say Amen. Right? That's good stuff to hear that. When an angel of the Lord comes to you and says, I know it happens to Pastor Josh and Pastor Alicia, but it doesn't always happen to me. When they come, God comes, sends an angel, and says, mighty hero. The angel usually comes to me and says, mighty reekin. No, it doesn't always happen, but. But if an angel of the Lord comes to you and says, mighty hero, and we read this and we go, mighty hero, let me see what that looks like. He's mighty. That's profound, isn't it? That's awesome. That's what we expect from heroes of the faith. Yes? Are you ready for this? Let's go back one verse. Not ten. Not one chapter. One verse. Let's go back one verse. Judges chapter six, verse 11. The previous verse to mighty hero. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. And Gideon, son of Joash, was there threshing wheat at the bottom of the wine press to hide. Mighty warrior, mighty hero. This should be entitled The Hero That Hides. One verse, friend, this is not one chapter. This is not one, this is not one year ago, one month ago. This is one verse previous. He was hiding. And the angel refers to him as mighty hero. Fear is normal. Fear is normal. Number two, God knows our potential. When we look at this story, right? He was hiding. He was hiding because he felt fear. I want you to understand something this morning. Just because you hide doesn't mean you don't have a bit of faith in you. Just because you hide doesn't mean you can't be obedient. 
When the angel showed up with a message from God, Gideon was hiding. Why would God call someone mighty hero who was hiding in fear? Why? Why? Maybe like Gideon, you feel like you're hiding. Like life has beaten up every bit of faith that you had left in you. Every bit of courage. Every bit of creativity. You feel like you have to hide. You just want to be left alone. Everybody, let me show our hands across this room. How many of you have ever felt so discouraged that you just want everyone to leave you alone? Wow. Lift your hand really high so every, everybody else around you feels better about themselves. Right? Because you're like, I don't know if I should. Whoa, that's a lot of people. I'm one of them. Jacked up, but I'm one of them. I felt like that before. I've been there. God is able to look into your future and see mighty warrior, mighty hero. Even when you're hiding. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. God has something for you. Gideon wasn't convinced that he was the man for the job any more than you're the person for the job as well. Every time I read the stories in the Bible, I wonder why doesn't God call more confident people? Even competent as well. Confident and competence are two good things of a leader, right? If we, if we go by our standard of leadership, Jesus might have not been picked in some interviews today. Right? Shoot, he lived with his mom. He's calling people, not paying them. Paying them with different kind of currency. Can you imagine if you worked an American job and people pay you in yen? Like, that doesn't do me any good. And it's a different kind of currency. It doesn't make sense in the culture that we're in. What I'm saying to you is we kind of have this idea that God is calling them and never us. He's calling at a different level. I'm convinced that God uses two kinds of people, the humble and those he humbles. Is it sinking in yet? He calls the humble and those whom he humbles. There's a fine line between belief in our abilities and underestimating the need for God's supernatural ability. I'm going to say that again. There's a fine line between belief in our own abilities and underestimating the need for God's supernatural ability. God often leads us to a place where even if we doubt ourselves, he says, just trust me. You're mustering up some mustard seed faith, do it. Don't ever forget that God calls you mighty hero. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you're hiding right now. But watch what God's going to do with you. We look at that story and we'll, we'll come to the conclusion here in a moment. Maybe right now you feel like a failure as a mom. Because your kids are a little bit crazy. They just are. It's part of normal life. It's a stage. They, they make you feel a little crazy yourself. And you're like, maybe that's where they get it from. But God calls you mighty mom. Maybe you feel addicted and bound. Freedom feels like it will never have an option in your life. God doesn't call you addicted. He calls you free. Are you understanding that you were built? 
to beat the odds. You were built to go against the odds. Tap your neighbor right now and say, I was born to go against the odds. Come on, if you don't got a neighbor, tell yourself twice. That's your fault for not sitting next to someone. Tell yourself twice. Number three, here it is. My last and final thought. Ish. Number three. Miracles often happen for the bold. Miracles often happen for the bold. And here, let me explain myself for a moment. So after arguing with the angel, Gideon finally agreed to his mustard seed moment. God told him to go and tear down his father's altar to Baal. And Gideon had no idea what God would ask him next. If he had, he probably would have quit. If God would have told you what you had to do next, after the thing you're supposed to be obedient to, you probably would say no now. Because you're not seeing from there, you're seeing from here. Right? See, there's a place he wants to take you to, you see it differently from there. Obedience at that place doesn't look like obedience from this place. There's a level he's taking you to. If he shows you too much, you could choke. Like feeding a, a newborn baby a steak, he hasn't got there yet. So he'll feed you what you need right now to get you to the next step, to get you to the next step, to eventually Outback Steakhouse. Let's meditate on that for a moment. Okay, back, back to the story. If God would have told Gideon, God would have told Gideon what it is that he was about to do, that he was going to turn 30,000 into 300, would you have signed up? It's not rhetorical. Would you have signed up? No, most of us wouldn't have. Most of us wouldn't have. You got an army of 30,000, you got something going on, and then 22,000 leave. And then you okay, I got an army of 10,000. That's pretty good. Okay, now you have 300. Oh, dag. That's not an army. That's a revolt. <laughs> right? That's not, exa- that's not exactly an army. That's like a big party. Miracles happen to the bold. And sometimes it's just being obedient in the little things. Watch this. Judges 6.27 says this. And I think we have this up on the screen. But he did it at night because he was... Because he was a hero. Because he was a mighty hero. He did it at night when no one was looking. No! He did it because he was afraid. Gideon was scared. So what? Fear does not disqualify you from obedience. In fact, scared obedience is still obedience. You might want to take that quote down and tell yourself that every day this week. Fear doesn't disqualify you from obedience. Scared obedience is still obedience. So you're scared. So what? Don't let scare rule you. Don't let scared disqualify you. Because you don't get a pass just because it's scary. Okay, okay, I asked of something big of you. You don't have to do it because you're a little bit scared. No, that's not how it works. He's giving you every tool to make it happen. And he wouldn't ask you if you couldn't do it. So he's asking of you today. Judges 7 tells us, and we don't have the whole text. I just have the reference up there for you. 
But I'm going to read this to you. It says it was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and a hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew ram's horns and broke their, their clay jars. When all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars, they, they held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands. And they all shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched this. Watch this. Watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their own swords. Those who were not killed fled. Without ever even using the 300, more than just a shout. More than just dropping something on the ground. More than flinging around a little bit of fire. Never drew a sword one time. Why? Did God put him through all that? Gideon was better at the end of this. I'm, I'm convinced that when Gideon thought about that battle later in life, that he would have one of these grins. You ever seen someone have a grin like they know something? You ever had? You ever talk to someone and they, and they know something and, they, and something happened and you're like... <laughs> that weird grin that you're like, why do you look like that? And they say, I look like this all the time. I'm like, no, you don't. It's something different. What do you know? What do you know? I see it all over you. Something's in your face. Something. I'm convinced that Gideon would have a smirk on his face when he thought about 30,000, 10,000, 300, and God didn't even use much of the 300. Now, I say much because he used them to be in their obedience. They did shout. They did break stuff. And they waved around fire. If you can do these three things, see me in the back. We can have you be a partner at Freedom Life Church. What I'm saying is all their skills and abilities didn't matter. But their obedience did that's what made the difference so i'm telling you that against all odds gideon and his army was a great example for us today to realize that even when you're scared you can still be obedient so what miracle do you need in your life but you haven't been bold enough to take a step are you praying for a family member to be saved but you haven't shared your faith or invited them to church yet? Is there someone possibly in this room that has, uh, you've been praying to heal your marriage, but you haven't gone to counseling yet? Well, God will work it out. Let me tell you something. Miracles happen to the ones that step out. Most miracles happen to the people, look at me, that step out. Are you praying to get married, but you haven't asked them out yet? <laughs> There's a process. Are you praying for freedom from addiction, but you haven't gone to recovery yet? You haven't shared your secret with a friend. 
Here's the big idea. And here's the gist of what I'm saying to you. I need you to look up at your screen for a moment. I need you to see this with your eyes. God is more able to perform a miracle in spite of your lack of obedience. But it rarely works that way. In other words, your obedience often is the step necessary to see the miracle happen. We get hung up on our abilities. God is more hung up on your availability. We get hung up on abilities. God is hung up on your availability. Each of us in this room, each of us listening online, watching online, maybe there's something that you haven't grasped. And I think this could be one of them. You want and you want and you want. And you can list out all the things you want, but you haven't done anything remotely close to starting in that direction. God says, mighty hero. And you're like, hold on, I can't hear you. I'm too busy hiding. Get out from under that tree and respond to your God. Today, there's a room full of people. Un believable potential but it will die with you if you don't take a step look at me potential dies when action isn't implemented potential dies it dies with you when you don't respond in obedience do it even if you're scared out your mind do it Because scared obedience is still obedience. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All across this room, let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, we're grateful today. We're grateful today that you love us. We're grateful today that you see us as we are. But... I'm more grateful that you see us as we can be. Lord, that you accept us today. No matter where we come from or where we're going. You see a different future. And it has very little to do with my past. While you use my past, I pray you would use me for your glory. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for obedience to resonate in our hearts today. We will be a people that seek you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We seek you and we love you. In Jesus' name. If you're in this room today and you're saying, Pastor Tony, I want to respond to this. I want to give you a chance to respond for just a moment. Right where you're seated. Right where you're at. If you're saying, Pastor Tony, I wrestle with being obedient in a certain area of my life. But today, I want to be very clear. I am struggling and fearful about X, Y, and Z. Whatever it is, you know that there's something you're supposed to do. Whether you're supposed to have done it, you're supposed to do, or you should have done. Now we can get it right, get it on the open with God and say, God, I want to be obedient from this point forward. You can't change who you were. 
can't change all that has happened up until this moment. It's, it's in the history books. But you can change this moment. Stop saying, I want to be this, but you never move in that direction. And then blame God because he hasn't done it. That has to end today. Friend, that has to end today. God is more able to perform a miracle in spite of your lack of obedience. But it rarely works that way. If you're, at, if you're at your seat right now, you're saying, Pastor Tony, I know I need to respond in a certain area of my life, but I haven't yet. But today, I'm making a choice. Right where you're at, stand to your feet. You're saying, I want to respond to God. He's calling me to, to make a move, make a decision, do something. And I have wrestled with it, but this moment, I choose not to wrestle any longer. I choose to be obedient. Stand to your feet if that's you. If that's you. Pastor Tony, what if somebody sees me? That's the idea. People will see you. And your act of obedience and faith is encouraging. It doesn't bring you down. It encourages somebody else. that They're not the only ones. Like that this morning. You admit to yourself, I, I need to be more obedient in this area. Can I pray a pastoral prayer over you? Right where you're at? Can I pray for you? God would help you to be obedient, scared of obedience, still obedience. If you have fear this morning, and I'm going to call it out for what it is. If you have fear this morning, and that fear is causing you to stay seated, that fear is causing you to stay right where you're at spiritually. You don't, you're not leading your family. You're not doing what God called you to do. You're not being an example at work or school. You, you, you talk like... Uh, like somebody that's not saved you act like somebody that's not saved you you don't follow anything in scripture but you come to freedom and you make freedom your home when you say man there's so much disobedience happening in my life today i want to i want to call it what it is it's it's fear of commitment fear of being wrong fear of somebody thinking less of you fear of whatever it is and you wrestle with fear whatever it is if that's you stand to your feet in some way shape or form fear what somebody might think about you You care so much about what people think of you. Can I tell you? Don't. There's only one person that really matters. There's only one person that really matters. So God, today for every person standing, I thank you for their act of faith, stepping up and taking a stand. I pray today that you would just surround them with your love and your grace. And as the pastor of this wonderful body of believers, God, I pray... An anointing upon their lives that will surpass anything they ever imagined. In Jesus' name. If you're standing right now, just lift, if you're able to and you're willing to, just lift your hands for a moment because I want to pray a, a, a wonderful blessing upon you. Father, I pray obedience would flow from their lives. I pray obedience would flow from their spirit. I pray that everything, every dream, everything they've ever experienced would be left in your hands, God. Father, I pray that everything that they find themselves believing for would take place. Father, I pray that every single act of obedience would draw, draw your presence into their lives and may they never forget the God who loves them is the one who calls them mighty hero. We don't see it. We're hiding sometimes. 
people, places, and things. But you call us mighty. I pray for these mighty people standing and those that are mighty sitting. Anyone hearing, listening, watching. God, I pray today. Let them be mighty in your name. Mighty and strong in battle. And may they find themselves believing you for the things that they never, ever thought they can believe you for. Because of this moment. Turn the 30,000 to 300 and it will not change my obedience to you. Change the 300 warriors to 300 people just holding fire. May the fire never leave our side. And may we wave our fire in a dark world. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said.